Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Well, welcome to Baptism Sunday, and let me share this, this story with you. There was this, well, there was this drunk. He stumbled along this baptismal service at the river. And for whatever reason, most likely because he had too many adult beverages, he just seemed to get up and work his way right to the pastor and just started standing there for whatever reason. And after the pastor had done a few baptisms, he just turned and looked right at the drunk. And he said this to him, Mister, are you ready to find Jesus? And the drunk just looked back at him and he says, Yeah, sure I am. And that minister grabbed that drunk and put him under the water and brought him back up. Mister, did you find Jesus? And he says, No, no, I didn't. And he grabbed him again and he put him down and kept him a little bit longer. He brought him back up. Did you find Jesus? I said. He says, No, I didn't find him. This time he took him down, he kept him down for a good 30, 45 seconds. You know, sometimes them drunks got to wake up. And he pulls him back up. Did you find Jesus? Now he's a little irritated, he's a little upset, ready to smack this guy. And the drunk goes, no, are you sure this is where he fell in? You see, folks, you don't find Jesus in the water. You find Him in your heart. Water baptism is an outward sign of an inward work of Jesus. Well, if you're joining us via our podcast, we want to say thank you, and we hope that this message would help you take your next step towards Jesus. Hey, let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your goodness and Your grace. And Lord, as we get into the subject of water baptism, it gets real personal. So Lord, help us to be real with ourselves as well with you. Lord, help us to have ears to hear, eyes to see, a nose to smell the rose of Sharon, and know the presence of God is here right now. A Lord, a tongue that would exhort and edify and lift up. Hands that would touch the way Jesus would touch and a heart that would beat in perfect synergy with our Savior. Lord, your will, Lord, your way, in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. So Jesus said in the Great Commission for us to go and make disciples of all nations, and catch this part, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. See, baptism was one of the very last things that he told the body of Christ, his apostles telling us as well that, hey, this is important. Don't just get them saved, but get them discipled, get them baptized as well. So this is very important to the Lord. It wasn't just something he did in Matthew chapter 3, because he brings it up again here at the very last chapter, the very last words of Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Baptism 
is a public way of identifying with Jesus. It's a public way of identifying oneself as a follower of Jesus Christ and not just a fan. Do you know there's a difference between being a fan and, and really being a follower or being a part of the team? I, I played football, so I'm a legend in my own mind. And in that, there was those when you go to the stadium and they would be all up in the, in the bleachers and we called those fans. They knew all the numbers. There's some of those guys, we call them rotisserie Greeks. They just knew all the numbers and they knew all this and that and the names and everything. But they weren't players. And then you even had those who dressed up. But they sat at the bench. Anybody ever sit at the bench? I'm the only one. Okay, God bless the rest of you. Yeah. But when you played, and you got grass stains all over your uniform, as long as it wasn't on your back, you stood out. Why? Because you weren't a fan. You were in the, in the thick of it. You were a warrior. You were more than just something... You were a follower of the general. The general being Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Baptism is not just putting on the uniform. It's saying, I'm ready to get at it. I'm not ashamed of my colors. I'm not ashamed of the blood that's on the cross. You see the difference? Some of those people, nobody in their life knows they believe in God. Nobody in their life, some of them don't even know they go to church. And they work with them every single day. You're a fan. A follower doesn't have to be fanatical. A follower just has to be true to how they are off the field and when they're on the field. There's a difference. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, there's a few reasons why Jesus was water baptized himself. See, early Christians called baptism a sacramentum. Now, a sacramentum, it's a Latin word for the Roman soldier's actual oath that they would make, which was absolute devotion and obedience to the military general they served under. That was a sacramentum. I, give, I am fully engaged. I will fully back up. I will fully follow whatever order you give, general. It's my sacramentum. It's powerful. And that's what baptism actually means. That's, that's where it comes from. Jesus' baptism was really a demonstration of His complete dedication, His sacramentum to the will of God His Father. There's a story by Corrie ten Boom in, in her famous book and film, The Hidden Place, Corrie Tim Boom tells a story of her family who had a heart for the Jewish people. Her grandfather, her grandfather, Wilhelm Tim Boom, started a weekly prayer group, catch the date, 1844. Okay? In the city of Harlem near Amsterdam for the salvation of the Jews. It continued to be a prayer group in 1944. 
We've been doing our prayer group on Friday mornings with the men for about a quarter of a century now. Guys, we've got a long ways to go. A hundred years. A hundred years. When the Tim Boom family were sent to the concentration camp for helping Jews to flee from the Nazi persecution of Holland. If it wasn't for that, it'd still be going. Corey tells an interesting story about her father. Okay? Now, Wilhelm started that prayer group, but his son was Casper, and Casper then had Corey Tim Boom, right? So, Casper publicly identified with the Jews. When the Jews were forced to go and wear the Star of David, Casper Tim Boom got in line waiting to get his own Star of David, and he was not a Jew. He so identified for them that over a hundred years of the family, Wilhelm, his grandfather, here he is, I mean his dad, here he is saying, I'm identifying with these men and women. They're just as much my family as they are. Corey or anybody else. That's all in. That's a sacramentum. That's a baptism. You, you see the, the statement behind it? Wow. He didn't have to wear the star, but he chose. He chose to. And water baptism, it's like that. You don't have to. Is that you choose to completely identify with Jesus and His great sacrifice for you. Why don't you open up your word or go ahead and follow along on the screens on Matthew chapter 3, verse 13 through 17. It says, Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. This is John. We, many people call him John the Baptist. Actually, John is a relative, a cousin of Jesus. They grew up together only a couple months apart. But John tried to talk him, meaning Jesus, out of it. I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, he asked, so why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were open, and, we, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son, who brings me great joy. This is one of the only times you see in Scripture, the presence of what we call the Trinity. By the way, the word Trinity, it's not in the Bible. It's something we use to describe the three Godhead being one, Trinity. So here you have the voice of the Father, you have the Holy Spirit coming descending as a dove, and you have Jesus the Son. All three of them right there in a moment of time. What does that mean? It's really important what's going on. You catch that? This is the only time we could find all three of them present. And what is it? Water baptism. Wow. It should grab our attention. Another reason that Jesus was water baptized is because it announced 
his official beginning of his ministry. Here's another reason. Jesus' baptism was an example to you and I. If Jesus is the sinless Son of God, and He is, then, then just logically speaking, He is completely sinless. He's perfect. Is there really a spiritual need for Him to do this? Hello? No. So what's going on here? He's sending a message. This is the example for you, Marvin, for you and for everyone else. He's saying, if I can do it and I'm sinless, then why won't you do it? I'm committed to God the Father. Why don't you get committed to God the Father? Wow. See, Jesus' baptism was a foreshadow of the cross of shame, which would, which would be to come. The cross in which Jesus would so identify with the human race that he took the penalty of sin upon himself. We tend to think of baptism as just a rather, you know, nice Christian social thing to do. But in Jesus' day, in, in, in that culture, Baptism was shocking to a religious Jew. For a Jew to undergo John's baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of their sins was to be extreme. It was to be radical. The only time baptism was used in that culture, in that era, in that time, was when a Gentile converted to be a part of the Christian faith. And then, check this out, there would be no religious person getting in the water with them. They would have to go into the water by themselves with their family and dunk themselves. Why? To use a term back in their day, that was for the Gentile dogs. You understand? This was wild stuff. It was extreme to them. But here we read that John the Baptist baptizes Jesus as if Jesus was a Gentile dog. Water baptism. It's a public picture, a symbol to show us and others what happened to us when we actually believed in the Lord, our Savior. And we don't care if you call us a Gentile dog. I'm not ashamed of the gospel or my Jesus. See, when I put on a military uniform, I've not had that privilege. My son has and a lot of family members, and there's a lot of veterans in this room. When you put on that uniform, you immediately are identified as a warrior, as a soldier. And even more specifically, what branch of military you serve in. It's a symbol. It's a marker. You know, when somebody goes and gets married, they put this thing on their ring finger of their left hand, just like that one. And you know what it says? It says, this man is off the market. 
He's done married. He's fully committed to Chris Telemontis. That's my bride. And she wears one too. What is it? It's that I went public in a public ceremony to tell the world that I am committing my life and my heart and who I am as a man to my beautiful bride. And she's doing the same thing. Yes. So what happens? We are now become one. We're the Telemontes family. I went public. So when you bow your head and you close your eyes and you raise your hand and you say the sinner's prayer there in the pew and you gave your life to Jesus, it's incredible. But the question is, have you gone public? Are you ashamed that everybody around you would know that you're one of those Christian folks? I'm not ashamed of my wife. She's not ashamed of me. I'm sure you're not ashamed of your spouse. May we never be ashamed of our king and our champion. May we go public because he's worth it. Because he said you were worth it when he went public for you on the cross. In Matthew chapter 3, 13 through 17, we see the Lord Jesus himself coming to his cousin John, right? And he says, in order to fulfill all righteousness, to fulfill all that God wants done. And Jesus then went on to establish baptism as an eternal ordinance for his church. That's where we get Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. He says, it wasn't just for the season, it's all the way till I return. There's a guy named Chuck Colson, wonderful minister of God. He points this out, and I quote, Most Westerners take baptism for granted, but for many in the world, the act requires immense courage. In countries like Nepal, water baptism once meant imprisonment. For Soviet or Chinese or Eastern Bloc believers, it was like signing their own death warrant. You know, years ago, probably around the 2005, 2006 era, I took a team from my church and we went to Bulgaria, actually with Pastor Nick Gopp. Many of you guys know Pastor Nick. And we were there at the Black Sea. When we were doing our conference, there were militia that are right out in front of our, of our little conference room with AK-47s. And one of the ministers, we had like five countries represented. One of the ministers came up and he just started bawling. And it took him a while to gather himself. He said, he said, I'm so grateful because just a few years ago, that law enforcement guy with the AK-47 would have came in here and shot each and every one of us dead. He goes, here we are, five nations, and we're going to baptize 50 people today. I was the one I said, hey, is there any reason we can't do a baptism? The, the sea's right there. And we went down, and one right after the other, we started baptizing. It takes courage. Here in our nation, sometimes we just take it for granted. No big deal. 
It's kind of like going in and out. Let's just go get a burger. No, it, this is serious. We're very blessed so far in our nation that we can have freedom of religion. So why should you be baptized? One would be because Jesus modeled baptism for us. Let's look at, again, Matthew chapter 3. Now we'll look at verse 15 and 16. We're kind of going before the other scriptures we just looked at. But Jesus said it should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. And after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. See, God was showing how important this was just by his presence and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And then another reason is because Jesus commanded us to be baptized. Now, this is important. He didn't suggest it. He commanded it. In Matthew 28, 19 and 20, the Great Commission, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So if I refuse water baptism, regardless of whatever excuse or reasoning I may have, it is an act, it is still an act of rebellion and disobedience. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and are willfully refusing to be water baptized, then you must be aware that you are living in open rebellion against God. I don't usually preach like this. But this is really that important. I've had people say, well, I can't swim. It's not a problem. Just come in, stand in here, and we'll pour some water over the top of you. Don't let anything keep you from being on your next step closer to Jesus. Don't let him rip you off. You're invited. You're welcome, and according to Scripture, you and I are commanded. Let's make sure we're in the right place with the Lord. Here's another reason why we should be baptized. It's because it pleases God the Father. Let's look at verse 16 and 17. After his baptism, Jesus came up out of the water. The heavens were open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my Dearly, I love how it says in the New King James, my dearly beloved son who brings me, do you catch this word right here? Little joy? That's right, great joy. He went and got dunked and God says, that's great joy. Woo! That's like a one hand grab in the end zone. It's good stuff. It wasn't like a golf clap. It was jump out of your seat, great joy. So here's some good news. With water baptism, there's always a blessing. God rewards every single act of obedience and step of faith. God is not unjust. Does not forget our acts of obedience to Him. 
One of the blessings is knowing that being obedient to the word of God and having a joy and a confidence you are fulfilling God's will for your life is that God's going to respond to your act of faith. Does that mean, woo, here's the treasure chest and all the goodies are going to come? No. Some people, I got to give you a little forewarning. Sometimes when you make a massive step towards God, all of a sudden, the enemy of your soul comes in and bam, bam. And all of a sudden, there's more month in the rare's paycheck. You know what I'm talking about? And you're like, what's going on? It's like, you're right over the target. And the enemy's trying to attack you, but don't worry. The wonderful thing is, even when you're in that, in that really weird place, you're wondering what's going on. God's saying, hold on to that umbrella because it's an umbrella of God's grace and mercy. And it will cover you, it will sustain you, and it will get you through the mess. How many have had to go through a mess all by yourself? And how many know that when you went through it all by yourself, you made it worse? Hello? Isn't it better to know that if I can go through the mess, through the storm, that I don't have to go through it alone? And if I listen... He'll tell me, don't go this way, go that way. He'll tell me, do this, do that. That's the wonderful part of it. So don't worry if all of a sudden you get water baptized and you go, what's going on? All of a sudden all this weird stuff's happening. Man, you're right over the target. Don't worry, God's going to bless you. Hang in there. Don't you dare give up. Right? What do they say? Tie a knot and hold on, baby. Hang on. See, baptism is a definite, deliberate point in time, which signifies there has been a change in your life, in your spiritual life. It is a marker. You can always look back on a, your baptism. Look at the moment in your life and remember when you were in the water. And as, it, as that moment is remembered, you're remembering a spiritual marker. I was 17 years of age. I remember we went backpacking with a youth group, Christian youth group, and we did uh, baptisms earlier in the day. The water was about 45 degrees in the creek, or creek, depending where you come from. And when we got in there, man, I felt something. And I don't know if it was thermal shock or the Holy Spirit, but something happened. But I tell you, when we got in that really cold water and we came up and out, something was different because inside here, this thing called my heart, I was different. Something happened to my core values. Something happened to how I could see. I just didn't see offenses easy. I, things weren't like it was before. I didn't get saved because of water baptism. But I took that step that said I had been saved. I did have that moment in the altar. I did raise my hand. And then that night, I had my experience with the Holy Spirit. Got filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that's a wonderful story. I'll share that one again. Run out of time. Baptism in itself, it really has no saving salvation power. Sometimes our Christian church, as a body, the body of Christ, we sometimes get legalistic and we say that. But that's not what it actually is. Look in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. It says, God saved you by his grace. It didn't say God saved Marvin by his water baptism. 
He says, God saved me by his grace when you believed. At the point of salvation, at the point of my believing, salvation happened because of the grace of God. Not because of of the water baptism. Remember, water baptism is the marker that says, I made a commitment to God, or I made a commitment to my bride. I've made a commitment because of what happened in my heart. It's an outward expression of an inward work. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done or the water baptism we've done. So none of us can boast about it. Salvation is a free gift that God grants to those of us who simply have faith in His Son, Jesus, the Christ. How many know that Christ is not His last name? It's an actual title. It means actually, the, uh, Christ Jesus means the anointed Savior of His people. So we're saved through the faith in Jesus Christ, not through baptism. Doesn't make it any less significant, just make sure we understand the difference in that. Baptism is a demonstration of our faith in Jesus Christ. The purpose of baptism is that baptism identifies us openly and publicly with the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, in times of a message like this, it's a time to reflect. If you've been a Christian for any length of time, I want to talk to you for just a moment. This morning, I want you to be encouraged because of what you've already done, that you have been water baptized. And for just a moment, would you, would you all... Just bow your heads for just a moment and close your eyes. Now, for those of you who've been baptized, remember the day when you were baptized? Do you remember when you came up out of that water? Do you remember the prayer that was prayed over you? Remember how you felt? Just remember it all. Take it all in. Baptism is profound. It's a profound step in your spiritual walk with Jesus. It's important to reflect and to remember. Thank you for that. Sometimes we just need to stop and remember well, don't we? Well, you can look up now and did you just go through the motions of being baptized when you first got baptized? Are you truly living a life that demonstrates that you've crucified the sin in your life through the blood and are living in the victory and the power of the resurrection? If you've been baptized and are living according to the testimony, then great. But if your testimony is in question, I encourage you to go back, get on your knees, and make it right with the King. Now, If you've never really given your life to the Lord, you would say, hey, no, I'm not a Christian. Then I want to encourage you to accept the free gift of eternal life in Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity to give your life to the Lord. So now I'm going to ask you guys 
for a second time to bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're here and you're going, I've been listening to this and I'm just feeling this tug of my heart. Maybe you, you did this and you gave that prayer, but maybe you kind of walked away and you want to come back. Or maybe you've never done anything like this of saying, I want to claim Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I, I want Him to write my name in the Lamb's book of life that I can live forever in eternity in His heaven. I want to become a Christian. I don't know if I've got all it takes. Well, guess what? None of us do. You're in good company. It's not about what you can do. It's about what He has done. So if you're here and you just want to make it right with God or you want to give, give your life over to Jesus, would you look up at me or raise your hand? And, and I just want to pray with you right where you're at. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Yes. Anybody else? Praise God. Yes. Well, church, let's do this together. Will you pray this with me? See, dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me and rising from the dead. Be the leader of my life. Be the Savior of my soul. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. I love you, Jesus, and I thank you. Amen. Now, Lord, I just pray for each and every person who's prayed this prayer. Very simple. Lord, they responded to the Holy Spirit. They responded to you. So, Lord, we just pray that they would sense the power of the Holy Spirit come upon them. And they would know that they know that they know that their name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life and their eternity is secured. Lord, the enemy wants to come in and lie to us and say, well, what about this and what about that? And all we have to say, and what about the blood of the Lamb? It covers all my sins. And Lord, now give us the strength each and every day to write how we live, to be more in line with the Word of God each and every day. Help us, Lord, to walk a life of sanctification getting closer and closer to you each and every day. In your holy name, amen. Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.